When God tells you to do something that looks risky or that you don't want to do, how do you respond? This is what we're going to be unpacking today on the show. Welcome to episode 99 of Unfolding Words. When God says go, don't say no. Hi there, thank you for joining me today. If we haven't met, I'm Antracia Moorings, and I'm so glad you have joined me today. This episode marks my return back to podcasting after a summer hiatus, my first in my two years of podcasting. And I must say, it feels great to be back behind the mic. This summer, I came out from behind the mic and out of my closet, which is where I record, to do some videos on Instagram to engage with the listeners um, in a different way. And I must say that being behind the mic is much more comfortable to me than being in front of the camera. But I did enjoy the Instagram TV videos that I did. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can check out my Instagram TV tab where I did a few episodes of what I was calling unfolding the word. So I may return to those. We'll see. Stay tuned. I'll keep you posted. So I logged back into my podcast provider account after three months of having done nothing with the podcast, even though I said I was going to record like all these episodes during the summer, but instead I just relaxed and chilled out this summer. But when I logged back in, I was blown away to see the numbers there. I expected to see very low numbers because of course I hadn't recorded anything new in three months. But when I logged in, man, you guys, I was just floored. My numbers had basically doubled um, during the course of my absence. And I don't know how you guys heard about me. (laughs) I don't know how or who's listening, but I just want to say thank you for those who kept listening to the back episodes while I was gone. That was very, very encouraging to me because when I started this podcast, I was really like, who is going to listen? Just going to be my mother listening? Is anybody going to be listening? But it's just good to know that I have found a niche crowd and that you guys are plugged in. So we're in September now and we here at my home have returned to homeschooling and this marks our fifth year of homeschooling and I have also started graduate studies. I'm getting my master's of theology with a concentration in Old Testament from Biola University at their Talbot School of Theology. So this just marked my first week of classes and let me just tell you it was a doozy. It's a lot of reading. So I'm praying that I can keep the podcast up while I'm doing my studies and homeschooling and doing freelance work. So y'all pray for a sister. Okay. So today we are going to be camped out in Acts chapter nine, verses 10 through 19. And we're going to be talking about what happens when God tells you to go someplace you don't necessarily want to go or to do a task that you don't really want to be assigned to. So I'm going to read Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19 out of the ESV. And it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. 
And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. From the scripture, we can see that God uses obscure and simple people like Ananias for the purpose of advancing his kingdom and his plan. And Ananias is only mentioned once in the New Testament, but God used him to change the course of human history. A lot of times we focus on Paul and his letters, and rightly so. He is one of the best writers of the New Testament because of his doctrine and his theology and his teachings. But Without Ananias's obedience to Jesus, we wouldn't have the Paul who wrote the great majority of the New Testament. And Ananias's testimony shows us that even the most obscure or unseen, unknown person in Jesus Christ's church can have the greatest impact in the world. This is very contrary to our culture today because we don't deal with people who are not well known, who don't have great followings, like we don't see them as effective, but God does. So let me give you a little bit of context from which Acts chapter nine comes from. So Paul first appears in the book of Acts when Stephen is stoned. Stephen is the first Christian martyr. He was a man that the scripture says was full of the spirit who remained faithful even in the face of death. And as Stephen was stoned, Paul stood there silently and witnessed it all, and he approved of the killing. And after this, Paul was committed to destroying the church. That was his life's mission. He even had authority from the high priest to seek out Christians outside of Jerusalem to bring them back as prisoners. So Paul was passionate and he was zealous in his work to destroy Jesus Christ's church. And his mission to eradicate the church was widespread and it caused a lot of fear among early Christian believers and rightly so. And during this period of his life, while he was still killing Christians and persecuting them on the road to Damascus, he had a supernatural and life changing experience with the risen Jesus Christ and it left him without a sight. And this is where we pick up in Acts chapter nine. And God calls on Ananias to do something that's very dangerous. The Lord is sending him to a ruthless persecutor of the church. But if there's one thing we know about God is that we cannot dictate his plans. His plan is established. We simply fall in line and obey it because God's ways are higher than our ways. And he can see farther along the path than we can. Our view 
is very limited. And Ananias was available to do God's will. But one thing we can see is that he was not anxious to do this. The fact that Saul was praying, praying with an A, instead of praying, praying with an E, on the saints should have given Ananias like a sense of hope that, okay, maybe this is the work of God. I should be encouraged. But from the scriptures, we can see that he wasn't. And it, scripture says, but Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. So Ananias knew the reputation that Saul had and that he was coming to Damascus to arrest believers. So it was about a week's journey from Jerusalem where Paul was coming from to Damascus where Ananias was. But some of the Jerusalem Christians had gotten to the city first in order to warn the saints there. So Ananias was fully aware of what was going on. So he was basically like, why would God call me to talk to Saul? This man is trying to kill us. So his objection mirrors what the narrator's narrator is letting us know earlier about Saul being an enemy of the way. But it doesn't take into account Saul's Damascus Road experience because Ananias doesn't yet know about that. Only us, the readers and the narrator know about this. So Ananias's fears are they're true. They're real. They're grounded in facts. This man is a murderer. So Acts 9, 1 through 9 shows that Jesus Christ has the power and the authority to overthrow the enemy just like that, because we see that with Paul's conversion and or Saul's conversion. He later became Paul. And then the rest of Acts chapter nine shows how much trouble Jesus has in convincing his own followers of how solid his plan is. So we see God can in an instant make the devil's plans come to naught, but getting his followers to see that he can change a plan on a dime is not the easiest thing. So from Ananias, we can see a few things. The first is that when God calls you to do something, he will be both personal and specific about it. You will not have to guess when God is calling you to a work. But a lot of times we do guess like, Lord, is that you? <laughs> Can I get a confirmation? Can you show me again? Can you give me those directions one more time? This command that Jesus gave to Ananias was personal because Jesus singled out Ananias and called on him in a one-on-one -on -one way. Ananias knew who it was that was calling his name. He also knew where he stood in relation to the one calling him. So we can see the orders that he was given were very specific. Get up and go to the street called Straight. And the Lord said to him, that's exactly the words. There's nothing to guess about that. He was given a specific request to go to a specific place, to the house of Judas. This was a specific place owned by a specific man. And he was told to ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul since he was praying there. Again, very um, clear instructions. Ask for a specific man 
from a specific place who has a specific name. And here is the specific thing he's doing. He's praying. There can be no mistake about where he was to go and what he was to find. This was not a scenario that he was going to be running into 10 times over with different people. And the experience of Ananias also reminds us that we can't let fear make us disobey God. Our fear is a non-issue. Our second guesses about ourselves, our doubt, our hesitation, they may exist, but they're a non-issue when it comes to being obedient to the call that God has given us. So at first, Ananias, he argues with the Lord and gave him some good reasons why he should not visit Saul. Scripture says that Ananias was a devout man, according to the law. He was well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there. So Ananias was the kind of man that Saul was seeking to annihilate. But the Lord had everything under control and Ananias ended up obeying by faith. He didn't let his fear override his faith. When God commands, we have to remember that he has everything covered and that his perfect will is always the best. And then another thing to take into consideration is that when God calls you to get up and go, it's always about kingdom work that is tied to other people. It's never about us building our own little kingdom, or a name for ourselves. The work that God calls us to do is always going to be about advancing the word of God and the kingdom of God. And the work that he calls us to is valuable, even if only one person is brought to Christ. Now, Peter, we know, ministered to thousands in Jerusalem. Philip saw a great harvest with the Samaritan people. But Ananias was only sent to one man, Saul of Tarsus, who later became Paul the Apostle. And Paul's influence spread wide and far across nations. And even um, secular historians have named Paul as one of the most significant figures in world history. God can use small acts, small people in big ways. And notice that when Saul was converted, it happened in a big miraculous way in public. But God took that big public act and he did a mighty act in the life of Saul in a quiet meeting in the house of Judas. The ordinary events were just as important as the miracle that happened on the road to Damascus. And it's interesting that Ananias is called to go to Saul, who himself was given a vision that someone would come to heal him. The two scenes are married together. Saul's healing would be given through the laying on of the hands of Ananias. The kingdom is interconnected. The kingdom work of God is interconnected by us, by people who use hands and feet to do the work of God. We're all dependent on one another to be obedient, to do the will of God so that we can do what we need to do. What we do now has an effect on someone else. We never are obedient in like a tunnel. We, we are obedient because it's going to touch someone else's life, even if we don't know it. 
And the in, another interesting thing is that Saul's healing is not only given through Ananias, but Saul's call to go to the Gentiles is first revealed to Ananias. Ananias eventually fades back into the shadows, but his role was very important in the beginning. In Acts 22, Ananias tells Saul to receive his sight and that he will be a witness of all he has seen and heard. And by Acts 26, Ananias has dropped out of the story completely. So why does this man whose story ends a few chapters later play such an important role in the healing and the conversion and the calling of Saul in Acts chapter 9? And I mentioned this earlier in um, Acts chapter 9, 10, that Ananias is a disciple. He's a man well known of among the Jews. He has a good name. So the Lord chooses to reveal Saul's mission to a representative of the, of the church, one that he knows he can trust with the work of the kingdom. So remember, God can use even the most humble saint, that includes you, who will go despite what it looks like or what it feels like. If it hadn't been for Ananias' obedience, we may have never heard about Saul. We may have never known about his conversion But Ananias had an important role to play in the work of the church. And a lot of times behind many well-known servants of God are these lesser known believers who have influenced them. Those who have prayed and encouraged. God is the one who keeps the books. He keeps the records. And he will see to it that every servant, even if they do work that they think is small and insignificant, will get their just reward. The important thing is not fame, but faithfulness. Remember that. Well, that wraps up this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today for the Unfolding Words podcast. I would love for you to email me and share feedback about this episode, or you can chat and let me know what you would like to hear in future episodes. You can just email me at antracia at unfoldingwords.com. Until next week, I will see you back here next time. Until then, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.